0: Welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast, where you'll learn insights on how to communicate with authenticity, deliver genuine value, and create a memorable experience across your entire customer journey, helping your business become the sought-after leader in your industry. I'm your host, Aileen Day. Now, on to the show. G'day everybody and welcome back to the Value Driven Brand Podcast. I am your host, I am Aileen Day and today I am joined with the man himself, the sales strategist, Mr. Martin, always born ready, Eid. Thank you so much for joining us today, Martin. It is always a pleasure to have you and thank you for joining me on our new podcast, The Value Driven Brand. How are we?
1: Excellent, Aileen, I'm looking forward to bringing some real value to your listeners and watchers as to how to go about improving um, conversion rates and profitability in their businesses.
0: I look forward to it. Now, a little bit of an introduction as to who Martin is. Martin is what I affectionately call Australia's version of Orin uh, Claff, who he is the salesman that I go to when I want to know how to make sales happen with heart, because that is the only way to sell. But Martin has been in sales for over 36 years. And for most of it is, uh, one of the most cutthroat industries around in capital equipment. Now what's capital equipment for those at home?
1: Capital equipment is big earth moving equipment, construction equipment that you see. Uh, I've spent most of my time uh, selling to rental companies in particular with elevating work platforms or cherry pickers. So my average sale price was around $100,000 per per item. Um, And I've been doing that now for, gosh, most of the 36 years, that's for sure.
0: Wow. And you have sold in that capital equipment industry over $100 million. That's right, $100 million. That is insane. That is some serious sales. And to have serious sales like that, you have to know what you're doing and you have to do it well. Uh, so it says in your bio that um, uh, that is, is anything from tree care, glass and glazing materials, uh, earth moving, as you said, agriculture, turf industries, over 12 international manufacturers and over eight iconic brands. What an absolute sales legend you are and how privileged we are to have you on the show today. Uh, and as Martin said, he's going to be talking to us about how you actually go around and can create your own value driven brand using sales tactics that actually create loyalty in your brand. So talk to me, Martin, about what is it that got you into sales? Like how does someone get to the point where they're so good that they're selling a hundred million dollars worth of worth of product.
1: Well, thanks for the lovely introduction. That was <laughs> that was awesome. Um, I think um, it's interesting because I, as I look back on my 36 years, um, and by the way, I'm still selling equipment today as kind of my side hustle. I never want to get out of that because it's a uh, part of my passion as well. Mm. Um, But when I look back, it's all been, um, and I was talking to someone about it the other day, the thing in sales, sales would be the biggest profession in the world if -hmm. you put all the salespeople together. But there is not one qualification that I can think of that's a globally recognised qualification in sales. So what happens, people Mm -hmm. actually get out there and they are taught by somebody or they learn themselves. Mm -hmm. And I was no different. I'll never forget the first time that I called on a client uh, was in New Zealand. I'm a Kiwi. Um, <laughs> could And I got the opportunity to establish a turf division. So I wanted to service the sports turf industry. And I drove into Tikalwata Golf Club. The superintendent's name was Sir Richard Perry, and this is back in the late 80s. And I got out of my car, uh, a sure, you know, 20-year-old, <laughs> and he said to me, yeah, what do you want? And I says, well, I want to sell you something. He says, well, what do you want to sell me? And I says, oh, no idea. And that was the start of my sales career, which was being honest right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And Richard didn't buy anything off me that day, but he ended up buying a lot. But what he did do, I'm the first rep he'd ever seen. I'd never had a seen a rep in my area before. Mm-hmm. Um, but what he did do is he took me around the golf course and showed me Uh, A little bit about what golf courses do. So the next time a golf course superintendent said, what do you want to sell me? I was actually prepared for that answer. And that's how it all started. And for me, it was just about the interaction with people. And it was also for me about challenge. So I love challenge. Mm -hmm. So building a new marketplace, building a sales uh, funnel or um, creating a brand, that's what gets me um, motivated.
0: Yeah, I love that. So in your experience then, would you say that some of the first things that we could do for ourselves in a sales position is to actually step back and and learn a little bit about what it is that our clients or future clients do and how they might uh, need our services as opposed to just walking in there and thinking you've already got all the answers?
1: Absolutely. Because it, the sales is all about a process. Mm-hmm. And the biggest issue that I see in sales in small business in particular is that we as business owners, or a lot of you out there as business owners, started off a business with a passion. You mm-hmm. might have a passion for hairdressing, for art, for plumbing, for building. You might have a passion for um, carpentry, you might have a passion for um, medications, it could be absolutely anything, face kit. Customer care. experience. Face, face um, and, and that's your passion. The fact of the matter is which dawns on you soon after you start the business is owning a business means you've got to bloody sell.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
1: selling is seen by many as dirty and most business owners would prefer to clean the toilets than sell. Um, <laughs> and that comes back from the old 20 years ago when there was bully boy tactics, you know, sign on the dotted line, always be closing. Um, those techniques no longer work. But at some mm. stage, you were subjected to a sales experience, which you did not like Right. because you I'm were sure. seen as supplicant to the seller. Mm. You were forced, you were bullied, you were controlled, you bought something you didn't want. Mm. Um, so that's given you this, <gasps> shit, I don't like selling. I'm not like that. Mm. So it's a matter of, Understanding that you are the prize, that your service, that your person, you are the prize, and the customer deserves you. You don't mm-hmm. need the customer. And so if you can change the frame, that gives you the power frame going into every conversation. Hey, look, I'm awesome. I select my clients. You don't select me. Mm-hmm. And if you can go in with that strong frame, right, Just you don't actually physically say that. That would probably be a little bit rude, but there are ways to do that. But if you go in with that frame, that – you don't, you know, I don't need you, you need me, then you in yeah. a powerful position right to start with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, you say you don't necessarily say that, but uh, body language probably has a fair bit to do with that as well and how you carry yourself and hold yourself, you know, shoulders up, chest out. You are the prize. So this prize. this uh, whole podcast, so some of you might uh, know that I had Martin as a guest on my uh, talk show on Twitch, uh, and we got to learn some really, really fascinating um, areas of sales tactics. But this is all about the value-driven brand and how we tactically create value within our businesses. So Martin has got a few points to help us uh, make sure that, you know, as business owners or entrepreneurs or leaders in business, that we could take on these points that he has and go and put them into our own brands. So one of the first things that you talked about for creating a value-driven brand was to eliminate neediness from the sales discussion. So talk to us about what does that mean and what does that look like?
1: Well, neediness comes back from the days of the caveman. So (laughs) you had a caveman back in the old days and the caveman didn't have too much, right? So caveman, he might have a cave, he might have a cave girl, he might have a piece of steak. That's all he's got. So if you had someone else coming in needing something, will do. Mm. I've got a cave, I've got a cave going on a piece of meat. You know, this is not cool. So you you fight them, basically. Mm. Um, so neediness comes off like that and it's only in relatively recent times that we've become a more affluent society of abundance. Mm. But that whole negative connotations and neediness um, is still pretty wired into our um, into our brains. And so a lot of people from a sales perspective, and then we're talking about a value driven brand, Mm. So value-driven brands, um, you can be selling whatever it is, but if you go in and you see the client as being on top, then you'll Mm. act as supplicant to the client. Why? Because the client has the money. They have the ability to spend the money, Mm. write the purchase order, make the decision. But that, in turn, gives that client control. So if you don't establish your status Mm -hmm. and if you don't give your client the certainty that you can offer um, a solution to their problem moving forward, that conversation is always going to come back to price. And as a value-driven brand, if you sell on price and if you don't honour your value-driven brand enough so you're always discounting, yeah. then you're dead in the water. The client is just going to screw you until you're dead. Yeah. So step number one is to avoid discounting. And there are a lot of ways to do that. There are a lot of um, techniques. Um, you know, In all of those years that I've sold all of that equipment, Mm. In that competitive marketplace, I can't remember ever selling on price—not once. Um,
0: wow, and that as a all- business is a is a big block for a lot of people in sales, isn't it? That's where they get that's where they get stopped at the gate is on price.
1: Well, you're, you you come across as scared mm. because you're scared you're going to lose the order. Mm-hmm. So the client sees that it's like you know you, you, you're you absolutely dead in the Um, and two emotions aren't, um, you should never have in sales. One is fear Mm. and one is desire. If you have fear and desire, um, you're never going to win a sales discussion because either you're fearful of losing a sale or you're desirous of getting the order. Either one of those two things is going to come across as needy. So a real uh, power frame to take into a sales discussion is to have no attachment to the outcome. You're there to serve. You're there to find out from your client if you're a good fit to work together. And if you are, creating certainty to that client that you have their problem solved. Why? Because you've done it a thousand times before. Mm. And if you can do that, price is irrelevant. Right. It really is.
0: <clears throat> My hourly rate just went up. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, everyone else. <laughs> I love that. Uh, The other uh, tactical uh, piece around delivering value-driven brand that you gave me was implementing a sales process of next steps. So what does that mean?
1: So that's a great question. So thanks for asking that one. So people would be very familiar with the normal way people sell. So you start a conversation, you build rapport, Mm -hmm. and then you talk about the features of your products, then the benefits of your product. And then you do a trial close and then you try and overcome objections. Mm-hmm. And that's been the same the whole way through. The problem with that selling technique is that mm. the clients see it coming and they know yes. what you're doing so they know how to close you down. And it comes across as weak. It comes across as needy because everyone does it. Mm-hmm. And it's also solution-based. There's no intrigue. And so if uh, you can imagine, you've got a um, – how many children have you got, Aileen? One. One. What? How old? Nearly ten. Ten, okay. So Christmas time, the joy of Christmas is the fact that there's all the presents under the tree and what's your son's name? Archer. Archer. So Archer's just firing at the bang on Christmas Eve. He just wants to get on those presents because he's so excited. And you're saying, No, Archer, you can't and we're gonna get up in the morning, we're gonna have we're gonna have breakfast, then we're gonna open the presents, right? Mm. Um so if you equate that to a sales, and sales, you're talking about the product early yeah. on. So you're from a Christmas perspective, you're saying to Archer, here, Archer, I'm going to tell you what's in those presents. Oh. So there's no intrigue. So ah. that's what happens when you, when you start features of benefits right at the start of the conversation. There's nowhere to go. There's no reason for the client to continue to listen. Hmm. And so then when you get to, so you've gone through rapport, which is weak. Then you go, features, benefits, it's all about me. Mm. Then you get to trial close. So what do you think? And you come across as angelic, so what do you think? Mm. And then all the objections come up. And if objections come up in a sales environment, it's because you haven't created enough certainty in the client that it's time to move forward. So then you change from angel to werewolf because then all of a sudden you're overcoming objections and you're actually starting a fight with the client. You're trying to change their point of view Mm. right when they should be closing to you. So old school techniques doesn't work. So there's a nine-point plan, which I'll just run through you very quickly Mm, because I know we're very limited in time. No, no. We'll take the
0: time to learn this. Everybody listening, get your notepads out.
1: It's not about rapport. It's about relatedness. So, if you start a sales conversation and rapport is, uh, hey, la- Eileen, hey, um, how you doing? What do you do at the weekend? Oh, so, where does Archer go to school? Oh, what footy team do you support? Oh, really? Yeah, well, I support. And so, what you do is you're doing that because it feels good, mm-hmm. because it's nice, mm-hmm. and it's lazy, mm-hmm. because you're actually giving away your status, right, to start with, whereas mm-hmm. if you come into a sales conversation and go, from my perspective, um, I'm a, a sales strategist. So, hey, Aileen, um, great that we could connect today. Um, so just to tell you a little bit about me and then we're into it. Mm. Um, so I'm establishing my status as a busy person that I know what I'm doing. There might be 30 seconds or so of preamble, particularly today with COVID, mm. you know, Um but you don't dwell on COVID. You might just give it the nod on the way through. Hey, um, I hope your business um, is going well during these times that we find ourselves and isn't COVID a bitch. And then you move on. Um, so you're related to the client. Mm. Um, you're there to do a reason. You're telling the client that I'm busy. I know what I'm doing. Let's get to the point. I value my time. I value yours. So yeah, step number one fun. is stop um messing I'm about to use the F word. Stop messing around you
0: can around use the F word.
1: Right. Stop messing around with rapport. Start using relatedness. So in my sales conversations, I can establish relatedness in under 60 seconds.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, whereas a lot of people will sit in rapport for fifteen or twenty minutes and by that stage the conversation your sales presentation's over. You've got yes. nowhere. Yeah. So step number one, relatedness. Step number two, set the frame. So what do I mean by that? So people want what they can't have, and they chase that which moves away. So I will will go, okay, so that's relatedness. So just to let you know, Aileen, the uh, workshops at the Sales Strategist, they're a premium product, and they're not for everybody. So to see if they're a good fit, um, let's spend the next few minutes discussing that. So, And you can put that on any conversation, whether it's uh, face cream, whether it's building services, whether it's what you do, coaching services. Mm. Um, so just to let you know, I offer a premium um, travel experience. I offer a premium building experience. I offer a premium water bottle. And it's not for everybody. Um, so what you're telling people is don't expect cheap. You've already mentioned the word premium. Mm. It's not for everybody. So they're going, oh, why isn't it for me? So they're curious. It's a <laughs> completely different way to pre-frame. So you've established the frame, number two. Number three, then you want to find out if the client actually has a problem, if there's a pain point. Um, and that's when you go into – in my case, so what are the biggest challenges you're facing with sales at the moment? In your case, Aileen, it might be, so what are the biggest issues you're facing in business? What are the biggest challenges preventing your business from moving ahead? Mm -hmm. If you are are, um, selecting a car, what are the biggest challenges that you're facing buying a car right now? Mm -hmm. Um, Because if there's no pain, if there's no problem, there's no sale. We've all done it. You go through your pitch, features, benefits, blah, blah, blah. Oh, look, that sounds good. I'll get right back to you. Yeah, bullshit. They get back to you in 10 hours, 10 minutes, 10 days, 10 weeks, 10 months, 10 years, Mm. 10 decades. They never get back to you because there was no need to start with. Right. So you've established your relatedness. You've set the the frame, problem or pain. If there's no pain... That's when you're working out. So by now you've worked out if you're a good fit or not. Mm. And so in heart-based selling, which is all about honesty, hey, look, based on what you've told me, uh, we're not going to be a good fit to work together. Yeah. So um, you might have said to me, hey, look, I'm all about price. Hey, that's great. If you want cheap, I'll help you find it, but you, you won't get it from us. But if you want value, that's another story. So you've gone through those first few steps and now you're figuring out, are we a good fit to work together? If not, I'm going to value your time by saying to you, we're not a good fit to work together. Mm. Um, If someone came to me and I'm talking about sales challenges and they're above budget and they've hit budget for the last six months and they haven't got a sales problem, Mm. uh, dude, you've got your shit sorted. Um, You don't need to come on a sales cardio course if that's your level of of, – of commitment and your level of, um, of delivery of, of whatever it is you do, right? Right. Um, so you've done that. Now you're into the certainty. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about establishing. So why am I a good fit for you? And it's mm. not so much a pitch, but you're talking about, so the pain point that you suggested. So if it's a selling point, hey, look, if you've got a, a sales problem, then I've got 36 years experience. I've dealt with this. For over over 36 years, I've done 100 million bucks worth of sales, and that issue that you're facing right now, I face that every day for 36 years, and I've overcome it. For me, that's not a problem. Right. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm good at. So you've automatically said to the client, "Hey, look, I'm certain that I can solve your problem, and Mm -hmm. you can get that." then you're framing it to why now? So why should the client act now? So in a case of the customer in a sales environment, hey, look, so if you don't act now, mm. that's completely your decision. But if you don't, then your sales are going to continue to be weak. You're going to continue to discount. And who knows that maybe in three months' time during COVID, you're not going to be there anymore. Yeah. But what I do know is that if you take action right now, mm. if you can Um, convert more of those leads that you're generating each month, put more money into lead conversion instead of lead generation, Mm. then I can guarantee you that your sales are going to increase and what's more, you're not going to have to discount anymore. So we're already up, so we're up to stage six Mm. and the client still doesn't know what it is that I do. Remember how (laughs) we went back to the Christmas present? Yeah, yeah. So Archer's buying the Christmas present. He's nearly about to open his Christmas present. But you've established that intrigue all the way through. Yeah. So now it's the pitch. So now it's, okay, so based on what you've told me, um, if I was in your position, this is what I would be doing. And then you'd bang out whatever your pitch was.
0: Mm.
1: And it's not features and benefits. It's got nothing to do with features and benefits. It's all about the pitch. And sometimes... Um, I can close a deal without the client even getting a pitch. Um, And then when you have actually, because he's already certain that I can solve the problem. Right. So what do you suggest I do? Well, I would suggest you did blah, blah, blah. Yep. And that's when you go to step nine, which is autonomy. Now, most people now will start to close, but this is in fact when you pass the autonomy back to your client and allow them to close to you because oh. if you've created enough certainty all the way through the sales process, mm. the client will now be going, holy shit, Aileen, it's fucking awesome.
0: Yes, how she is.
1: On, how, how am I going to get on board the Aileen boat is what they're going to be thinking.
0: Yeah. How am I
1: going to get that product from this person because, shit, this sounds good.
0: Yes.
1: Because you've been prising all the way through. Mm. Um and so now you're going, so what do you think, so what, 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 what's a good next step for you? So what do you think we should be doing together? All mm. matter of those type of leading questions where you're giving it right back to the client again, which is not about neediness. Right. It's about, boom. And, is and that, so that's.
0: Is that autonomy part also to help the client feel like they got to make the final decision? Absolutely. Yeah. I Absolutely. Love
1: that. That's that, that's it's all about the big idea. Yeah. So you, you're in, you're pre wiring, you're embedding all the way through.
0: Yeah.
1: And the client eventually says, "This is a great. This is my idea. Yeah. Um. So good leadership. Go, now I'm pitching myself to you. To take my money.
0: Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And in the section where you said, um, you know that you're in the part of the process where as the, the salesperson you're essentially interviewing the client and if you then decide that you know what actually this isn't going to be the right fit because you know as you said they might be price driven or they might not be mm-hmm. in the in the right position um or the right cultural fit you know the business fit um People find it hard to have that conversation, to be open and honest and uh, often I have people say to me, I just don't want to hurt their feelings or I don't want to burn a bridge. What do you say to people when they come back with remarks like that and they just they suffer through it and take the client on despite knowing that they weren't the best fit?
1: I'd say get the fuck out of yourself yeah. because bad clients kill you. We've all done it. We've all taken on clients that we knew at the start. There's a gut feeling or you've done something, they're asking for too much during the sales process. Mm. Um, And you know before you start doing business with them, they're going to be a pain in the ass and they are. Mm. And they destroy culture as quick as anyone that works for you. Mm. Um, They become an albatross around your neck and you go, shit, I just wish I'd never taken this client on in the first place. And the one thing about honesty The one thing about truth is if you are honest and truthful, that is going to give you status because the truth will never be seen as needy. It will never be seen as manipulative Mm. or it will never be seen as anything other than what it is. The truth will only ever be seen as the truth. Yeah. Whereas if you sugarcoat people know people aren't bloody stupid. Mm. Um, people are more in tune with themselves than ever they have been and
0: yes. they can
1: spot bullshit. And as soon as you start sugarcoating something, then they're going to go, you know what, I'm not going to go back to that person next time. Um, yeah. for me, honesty is about having courage to walk away from a deal, mm. but that doesn't mean that that client's dead forever because they could come back next week with a different set of challenges and all of a sudden they're yours. Yeah. Let me give you a quick example. Back in the late 80s, I was selling uh, golf course equipment and I was at the Royal Sydney Golf Club. Mm-hmm. And the superintendent at the time, um, one of the leading superintendents, invited me in. So I had a mower. He took, And I knew him pretty well. It took me around the course. So I want a mower. Great. It's an $8,000 sale. And as I'm going around the course, because Royal Sydney Golf Course has got swales and hollows and everywhere. My heart was sinking because I wanted to make the sale. And we finished and he said to me, so Martin, um, when can you deliver? I said, John, there's actually a better product on the market that I don't sell. And he looks at me and said, you what? I said, I could sell you my product and it would do a job, but it's not the best one because it's gonna scalp and you're not gonna be happy. And so here's the name of the company that sells this product. I think it's better for you. And that wasn't easy. No. But I walked away, but the payoff was 12 months later. I get a phone call from John mm. and he said to me, do you sell a real and bed knife grinder? That won't mean anything to you, but it's to mow golf courses, you need sharp blades. Mm-hmm. He said, do you sell one? I said, yes, we do. He said, what's it like? I said, it's the best in the world. He said, send one over. I said, do you want to know how much they are? He said, oh yeah, I probably should. How much? I said sixty-five grand. <laughs> he says, no worries. He bought one. Eight
0: grand. Take the sixty-five yeah. any day.
1: But, but, but can you see? I walked away that day. Absolutely. He then, then he trusted me. He knew I yes. wasn't going to bullshit him. So yeah. he knew damn well when I told him I had a good product. It was yeah. price was off the table. Mm-hmm. And that was a valuable lesson right at the start of my career, which I kept all the way through. Just be honest. Yeah. It is not a good fit. You bloody know it. Yeah. Walk away.
0: Yeah. Just walk away. I could not agree more. I um I think I mentioned the last time we caught up. One of my uh, first soirees into uh into leadership and and whatnot was with Bunnings Warehouse. And for those who are listening overseas, think B and Q or um what's the American version? Home Depot. Mm-hmm. Right, and uh, one of the one of the situations I remember very similar to that, not worth as much though. But we had a, a customer come into the the decorating department and. They had a particular problem with their plaster or drywall, wherever you're from, whatever you call it, and uh, the paint that we sold wasn't going to solve the problem. And we knew another painting business that was up the road that sold the perfect product, but. Bunnings didn't sell it. And I ended up ringing the owner of that painting shop and talking to him about the situation. And the guy stood in front of me and he said, are you literally going to send me to your competitor? And I said, I am literally going to send you to my competitor. Mm -hmm. If that means that this horrible problem that you have is solved and you never have to do this again because I've painted houses before and it's a bitch and I never want to have to see you have to do that again because of someone else's mistake and uh he initially he was like you're mad like why you're stupid like I'll probably never come back now and I said well that's okay as long as you get the job done and you know and Michael the guy that ran the other paint shop he was like are you sending your customers to me? So even the other uh, paint shop guy, I couldn't believe it. And literally about four months later, the guy came back and he said, um, I just wanted to say it all got done. It's only just been finished. We've redone the whole house in the paint that you recommended and it is the most stunning finish. And I never expected anyone in mm-hmm. Bunnings, you know, a, a national business to to do what you did and be honest with me enough to to lose potentially lose a customer and I said so do you shop with Michael now and he goes no I'm back with you guys I'd never leave he goes it's it's a rare trait to find someone who would just be honest with you to make sure that they were not serving themselves but they were serving the customer and ever since then Every leadership position I've ever been in, I have said exactly the same thing. I don't give a shit if it means you have to walk over to the shop yourself next door to buy it for them, but you will not sell someone the wrong product for the sake of making a dollar. And exactly what you said, it will it will in the long term pay off.
1: And that is Because you build you build lifetime relationships. Absolutely. You build build a relationship with that particular person Mm -hmm. that lasted for years, and I've got a a similar association with a client in Canberra that I've been with for 25 years. Every Mm -hmm. time I release a new product, they buy it. Yeah. Because they trust me. Yes. It's it's just it's 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 a great way to do business. And the people listening to your to this thing right now, I'd be saying to them, the next time that you are making in in a pitch. Mm. and you think it's not a good fit, have the courage to walk away mm. and just see what happens. Mm. Watch the magic unfold because the magic, it absolutely will unfold. Because by walking away, a few things are going to happen. Yeah, number one, sometimes you're not a good fit. Sometimes the client is bullshitting. And yes. by you extracting yourself from the conversation, they actually end up chasing you. It's a bit like the cat string theory. You know, you got a cat, you put a piece of string down. If you leave it sitting on the ground, they get bored. But if you keep pulling it, so if you keep pulling away from the client and they they do what I oh, no you're right I was you know that I didn't I told you a bit of a pork pie because this is new for the client too remember
0: mm, yeah they're used to old school selling.
1: Clients are used to lying mm. you know, we have a there's an old uh, adage in selling you know buyers are liars. It's, just a, <laughs> it's a true story and a lot of buyers are liars a lot less than they used to be. But that's the beauty of the sales process that I outlined because if you go to a problem and pain, and if there's no problem or pain, yeah. then you're going well. Aileen, look, something doesn't seem quite right because what you're telling me doesn't add up.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: and because you were you were asking before about researching your client. You know, if you research your client and they are a um um a small um Uh, one or two person um, building company for example and they Mm -hmm. come in and all of a sudden and you're selling um, kitchenware Mm -hmm. and they come and they want these massive big kitchen things and you're going you know what something's not quite right there by by the look of your website and everything I've just learned about you this is not the area where you normally go to can you fill in the gaps for me Mm. yeah that's quite an okay question because they might be they might've got their first premium product home Mm. or they might be just kicking tires. They might not be interested at all, but you owe it to yourself to value your time. Because if you're talking to a client who's wasting your time, the client that's about to give you an order might've just been put on hold and they're now going elsewhere.
0: Absolutely. Yes,
1: definitely. It's all about, um, you know, um, yeah, another old expression is money talks and bullshit walks. And that's, Still true to this day. I have
0: I definitely have heard that one. I would certainly caveat that, and and I'd love your your feedback though. If you do kind of uh, establish that, you know, after walking away or going to walk away, that they do come and chase you down. If you then do decide, all right, I've established that they now know I am the prize, they now know I can deliver, Um, but I now know that they were testing my boundaries, I would say that in my experience that if you go ahead with that client or that, that business relationship, that you have to stick to your boundaries because it won't likely be the last time that they try to test those boundaries if they do it once they'll probably try to do it a couple more times
1: i think it's all a matter of um if that happens you now have control mm. so um now you are dealing uh on my terms and this is the way i deal with people Correct. so this is our process more boundaries so yeah. the first step is that you sign a letter of intent, mm-hmm. then you pay a deposit um and then 10 days later you get the scope of works and then, and then, and then. So you need to be, you're absolutely right. This is how we do business. Mm. Now, if during the process, for whatever reason, you don't honour your commitment to me, Mm. then we will terminate your employment as a client.
0: Great. It's quite
1: okay to sack customers. Um, And in a marketing parlour, uh, because you and I both have friends that are in that marketing space. They develop mm-hmm. websites and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So someone rings up and um, let's say I wanted a website by the 31st of July, which is unrealistic, but let's just hypothetically say 31st of July. Mm-hmm. And the developer says, yep, yeah, let's do it. Um, for us to get there, I need this, 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 and this, because when you're putting a website together, a lot of it comes back on the customer. Yes. Um so the customer just hears the 31st of July. Mm. So on the 31st of July where the client does the work online, he's gonna expect a shiny your website. Mm. So it's a matter of having processes. So by the end of trade tomorrow, I need to have the content for page one and two. By the end of business this week, I need all of your um, click links. Yes. And if you don't meet any one of those deadlines, then we have the ability to terminate your, your employment as a client. Or blow out the deadline, or charge you more because you're just yanking our chain.
0: Yes, definitely. And don't threaten it. Do it.
1: You can't be you can't be the mum that says, you know, I, I said mum. You can't be the mother or the father. i would
0: be the says, parent.
1: <laughs> Little Johnny, um, <laughs> if you don't eat your pudding, you're not having a you know a chocolate afterwards. So you can't. Mm. This is business.
0: Yeah. Yep. And this is how you deliver your value driven brand. This is how you get taken seriously in in your industry, in your arena. And to be honest, you know, empty threats aren't gonna ever impress anybody. So, you know, if you're gonna set yourself up as the prize, then be the goddamn prize. It's it's, it's professional. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's not seen as anything else but professional. Mm. You know, it, it, it's interesting because it's, it's it's not the client's job to understand. It's yours to make it understandable. It's not Correct. the jo- client's job to buy. It's your job to make it buyable. It's not the client's job to feel good about your company or product. It's your job to create certainty. Mm. And if you do all that, price becomes off the table. You've got a client for life, deliver results, you get trust. It's all easy pickings.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned just before about a workshop that you run, which I love, uh, and it's called Sales Cardio. Give me a bit of uh, 411 on that. What's the, what's the inside scoop?
1: So the Sales Cardio workshop is for anyone who wants to improve conversion rates, Who for anyone who wants to um, basically reduce um, or eliminate discussions that focus on price. Mm -hmm. And it's all about the nine-step process that we went through just before. Um, It's a five-hour workshop, as I said. We go through and we actually workshop it. So we workshop a status piece. We workshop Mm -hmm. a certainty piece. And then we bring it all together in a pitch for you. But for me, um, I've always found that a workshop, Mm. they're great. Mm. But usually when you leave a workshop, it's like you feel all motivated, but then there's nothing left. So for me, it's uh, you do the workshop, yes, but then there's a 30-day accountability matrix after that. So you do the workshop and then you commit to um, three three sales KPIs at the end of that workshop. One week later. Now, a workshop, by the way, has got a maximum of 10 people in it.
0: Great. Nice and intimate.
1: That way you get one-on-one conversation with me and one one interaction during the five hours. So at the end of the workshop, you have three KPIs, Mm -hmm. which you've agreed to. Mm -hmm. Seven days later, we have a follow-up session as the same group that you're on Mm -hmm. just to perfect your your flash role, perfect your winter is coming script and perfect your certainty so you got that right. You also get access to a private Facebook page where you can um, ask questions as a group.
0: You get direct
1: email access to me for 30 days Mm -hmm. and you also get access to any group coaching sessions that I do for my entire community uh, on a monthly basis and then at the end of 30 days we have a quick um, another get together how'd you get on with your KPIs mm-hmm. how'd you go um, and at that stage if anyone says to me hey look Martin I've got nothing out of this um, and my conversions haven't gone up I can't see a clear roadmap. Mm-hmm. I'll give you your money back there's right. no issue wow. um, so the worst case is that you can come on board do your workshop get 30 days with me mm-hmm. and if it doesn't work the worst you've done is learn. Mm. The best that you've done is invest $899 in this course, which is what it is, including GST, mm-hmm. for 30 days, and you have increased your sales conversions and you have increased the profitability of your business.
0: And in theory, working on a pretty fast return on investment, I would imagine, with all of that uh, intimate Uh, amount of touch points that they have with you if you can't take away uh, you know some learnings from that but I do certainly love the accountability piece I am a huge advocate for you know and that's partly where this um, uh, podcast has come from is that I love the tactical information that you can go and put into practice immediately and and show people what you've you know what you've learned from all of those workshops so the fact that you hold them accountable is fantastic i think that's brilliant work
1: so well, it's the only way to do it because if you're not committed to growing your business if you're not committed mm. to increasing conversion rates if you're not serious about eliminating discussions that focus on price then mm. we're not going to be a good fit to work together Correct. And if you check out my website at the salesstrategist.com.au, a mm-hmm. blatant plug, Aileen. Go um, for it. Then um, there's a video from me on there which goes through what to expect, but there's also an application process which takes you through a number of questions and answers. Mm-hmm. And not everyone will get, on, get to come on uh, a sales cardio workshop, number mm-hmm. one, because they're exclusive. There's only 10 on each one.
0: Yeah. I
1: only do two a month um, because I want to give the value where it's got. Mm-hmm. But The questions that I have in the question form will – it'll become obvious pretty quickly if we're going to be a good fit to work together because I only want to work with high achievers who are committed to growing their business. And today, COVID, Mm -hmm. who doesn't need to sell more product? Who doesn't need to stop discounting?
0: Absolutely. Who doesn't need to learn how to uh, produce and lead customers to – a full sale.
1: Boom.
0: Convert. And make it easy for yourself because you are the prize. As I like say to one of my clients, you are the motherfucking prize. And I make him scream yeah, it back are. at me. <laughs> it gets Absolutely. all very gets all very uh, all very heightened, escalates very quickly. <laughs> now before I let you go and I want to just firstly say Thank you for the most amazing tips on uh, sales strategy and processes. And for those of you listening on, you can most certainly, uh, you know, replay this, pause, make notes, replay, pause, make notes, do what you have to do to take it on board. And then once you've done that, go to the salesstrategist.com.au and uh, check out Martin's content, which... Can I just say, since Martin has started this business, he has become the content king. He is everywhere. He is a TikToker. He's going to be a YouTuber. He's on Facebook. He's smashing out Instagram. It is not going to be long before everybody knows about the sales strategist. And I can say, I know him. Uh, But one of the uh, things that I ask all of my guests is to... um, tell me a song that gets them pumped for anything. Now, do you remember the song that you told me gets you pumped for anything? I do indeed.
1: Anything? Absolutely. What is this the grand unveil, is it, Aileen? So it it's um, We Are the Champions by Queen.
0: What a tune. What a tune. Now, mm-hmm. for those listening uh, in the car at home, however you are uh, putting this sound through your earbuds, uh you will know by now that, but Martin doesn't, so I haven't told my guests this until they get on, that we are creating or have created a Spotify playlist for all of my guests who uh, tell me what that song is, that one song that gets them pumped for anything. And I add that every week to our playlist And the listeners of the Value Driven Brand Podcast have access to that playlist and uh, making sure that every week they get a new tune and uh, at any moment of any part of the day or night they can be ready and pumped for anything. So, Queen's We Are The Champions is officially added to the playlist. What a banger. And uh, Martin, on that note, I want to thank you so much. I love, love getting the opportunity to talk to you. I love the sound of the uh, sales cardio. So if you think that you might be a good match to work with Martin and um, are interested in converting your leads and increasing your sales, then I do suggest that you get in touch with him. You can do that either through Facebook or Instagram or hitting him up at his website on thesalesstrategist.com.au. But apart from that, I just want to say thank you. It is always my privilege and a pleasure to speak with you. And uh, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Brand Podcast with your host, Aileen Day. Is your business struggling to become known as the sought after leader in your industry? Access our Value Driven Brand quiz and special three-part podcast series to identify the gaps and what you need to focus on first. Go to www.valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. That's valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. Tune in next time where we discuss more ideas on how you can deliver your own value-driven brand.